Welcome to Behind the Backline, the podcast where we chat with merchants, brands, and industry professionals in the musical instrument, pro audio, and event technology space about their products, services, industry trends, stories, and more. Join us now as we dig into the stories behind our favorite backline gear. Welcome to episode 21 of Behind the Backline. I'm Matt Jacoby of Octave Media, and today I am talking with Carl Thompson of Istanbul Mehmet Symbols. Thank you for joining me today, Carl. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you guys. Uh, you're in Los Angeles, correct? Yes, I'm based in Los Angeles. The, the company is still based very much in Turkey, but we have a base here in, in LA in the Palm Desert as well. So. Cool. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, I guess, start off with having you kind of introduce yourself, what your role is and uh, what uh, Istanbul Mehmet does. Uh, I do artist relations and a bit of social media marketing and branding for the company, um, primarily here in the USA and, and other parts in the, in the world. Istanbul Mehmet is primarily a, a boutique symbol company, um, creating handmade symbols all the way from Turkey. Cool. Yeah. Um, so is that kind of, uh, is, you know, that's not very uh, common anymore, is it? Like everybody's still, is it a lot of them are machine now versus truly handmade? Yeah, I, I think some of the bigger brands, a lot of it is is machine made. I think um, the handmade stuff still does happen within some of the bigger brands, um, but primarily, you know, just for the amount of symbols that some of the bigger brands may make, it's it's practically impossible, I would imagine, for them to, to hand make. 100% of the symbols. Um, but with Mehmet over over in Turkey, everything is 100% handmade. That's why sometimes we do have a shortage here and there, um, but it's it's just purely because they're boutique, they're 100% handmade. Uh, there's no machines involved apart from the odd bit of lathing, which, you know, you would have to do. But um, all handmade in, a, in, a, in the oven and hand-hammered, yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah, you know, so unheard of and just super impressive in today's high tech world of, you know, produce, 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 but yeah. you know, quality over quantity sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's, that's why one of the, one of the things with Istanbul moment that I love is each symbol is different just ever so slightly, you know, we do have a good consistency between our lines, but it, with them being handmade, there's, there's just a bit of soul left in there and, and, you know, you can hit. 218 crashes and they'll sound just ever so slightly different um but still have the same quality but that's what i like about it you know if you if you get chance to to visit the factory or visit one of our warehouses out here is just to have a play and you'll you'll see see what i mean about handmade just makes makes it just a little bit special Awesome. Yeah. I've, uh, I've been a drummer for 24 years. I've been, I started in grade school, the whole high school thing, but I, uh, I feel like we had Istanbul, uh, maybe crash symbols at one point along the way. I don't know if I've ever had them on a set, but uh, yeah, I do remember that, you know, they were a symbol choice really early on for me. And I, I, you know, when I did not know that, you know, there were different types of symbols still kind of learning my, my ropes and everything, but, uh, but you know, I, you know, that only goes back so far, but you know, how long has, um, Istanbul Mehmet been, um, its own company? Uh, well, Istanbul Mehmet has been its own company from the, <clears throat> excuse me, from the, from the mid nineties. Um, the, the company started many years ago, um, in the late seventies, early eighties. And what, where they where it started was it um, 
there was two two main symbolsmiths, and you may be aware, you may not. There's uh, Mehmet and Agop, and basically they used to work for the Zilkin factory back in the late fifties and sixties, and learned a lot of their trade through the Zilkin factory, which was essentially the Zildjian factory. Um, and then what happened was they decided to um, shift all their production to the US, um, primarily move the company there. So the so the factory in Turkey was was kind of left a bit derelict. So Agop and Mehmet decided that they would create their own brand, Istanbul. They were first named uh, Zilgir, actually, um, but soon afterwards it just went down as Istanbul. And both of the craftsmen signed each of the symbols, and there were and many of those symbols now are collector collector's item. But what happened was, as Mehmet just been as as one company, um, they split in in the mid nineties, and sadly Agop died, and his family decided they wanted to take um, take the brand for themselves and, and 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 just split the company. So that's when it kind of happened, and we have Istanbul Mehmet and Istanbul Agop. Um, there can be quite a bit of confusion with between the two brands because um, they both um, love the Istanbul logo and they're both, both very proud of that. So, and many people don't know, even to this day, I get emails from from potential artists or customers who might want a particular symbol and it might not be from us or they'll mix Mehmet and Agop and they just think that Mehmet and Agop are different lines from Istanbul. And... Um, while at one point that was probably the case, now it's not, unfortunately. They're just two separate companies. Um, but yeah, it was kind of around, sorry, there was a long-winded answer, but primarily around the 1990s was uh, when they split. Okay, yeah, no, that was, that was perfect. I, I I was among them of thinking that um, the two names were just product lines and you know, it never really occurred to you that's like, oh, this is, how often does this happen? Probably just this once, that there's two companies with the same logo. <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is very confusing. And we are, you know, we try and that's one of my jobs here is to try and differentiate, differentiate excuse me, um, between the two brands. And, and while there's no um, bad blood between the two companies, you know, at the end of the day, they are still competitors. And, but we, uh, we just want to kind of make our own and, and just, you know, create our own stamp and, and like what we, and we like what we do. So we want to just be proud of what we do and, and make it our own. Yeah, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. I mean, if everybody's happy, um, you you guys have your own philosophies. Everyone's willing to share the logo. Why not? <laughs> I mean, as I say, it does get a bit confusing, and, but we I think both brands are now trying to do their own thing to 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 still be to still have the brand and the logo, but differentiate to themselves. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. I'm glad that they managed to. To, to keep the good blood and, and just move forward with what they were doing. So, so, um, you know, you kind of said when they started, but, um, do you know, or what was kind of the story behind, like, why did they get into symbols? Oh, I mean, Mehmet's been making symbols since he was about nine years old. Um, it, it, I think it was just one of the family traditions, you know, you kind of, when you're very young, you get involved and, in what your other family members are doing. And, and he just kind of found himself gravitating towards to making symbols. And there's a lot of history online about it. Um, there's quite a good little documentary, actually, which will probably go far more in depth than what I can do. But, um, yeah, it was, just, it, was just a, it was just a thing that he grew up doing. And 
and you know they worked them very young back back in the day and he's got so many years of um of knowledge it's it's crazy so i think that was it it, it just it just gravitated towards him and he and he found something that he loved to do and was excellent at and yeah it just carried on and, and he had many mentors that would just you know um, help him develop his his knowledge and his craft and uh yeah that was it really just kind of i think it just found him you know cool yeah it's nice that you know you kind of hear the stories of people finding their passion way you know decades ago but it's almost like a trend now to find your passion like that's cool because of like the internet <laughs> but yeah i mean people have been doing it forever and I'm glad that he got to stick with it and has been happy ever since yeah he he's he's a great guy and he and he he knows exactly what he's doing when he when it comes to making symbols so but yeah he sounds like uh someone that would be fun to meet just you know once yeah, well, what? <laughs> he's at the Nam show. He'll he'll pop in, and um, but this last year, unfortunately, he couldn't make it. Um, but hopefully, we'll see him again. Um, and I would like actually to do like a meet and greet with him because I think people will get a buzz from from seeing somebody that's been in it this long. You know, there's not many people in the industry that have been around this long left still making their instruments. You know, like it was sad that we lost Vic Firth a few years ago, and you know he was one of those guys and. And of course, we lost a gop um, back in the '90s. But Mehmet is, you know, he's he's one of the last living guys, one of the last living legends, as I like to think. You know, who is still making the, the thing that people used to play back in the '60s. You know, some of the early, early Zildjian symbols. You'll find his name on the symbols, or you'll, I mean, if if it's been kept in that good of condition, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, you know. There's nobody left that I that I know of anywhere. Um, but Mehmet is it's that's the thing that's special, I think, about him, you know, and that that people would get if they met him, you know. Um but yeah, if you if you're ever on Nam, which I know you are, um come by come by the booth and you know you'll see him hopefully this year, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, good to know. Um yeah, because you, you mean kind of like uh the people who are originally or who started a, a company, because you could say like, well, Zildjian's been around for for sure. A really long time, but of course, you know, they're generations of, of family members now, so you cannot, can't say you can be the original. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I'm not taking anything away from the heritage of Zildjian or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I say, it's just he was there when Zildjian first started in, in respective. He was a craftsman there, and I don't think there are many of the craftsmen that were there back in that day left, you know, and, and he's and that I've been making the symbols for so long. I mean, obviously, you know, time, time moves on and, and, and that's just life, you know, people die and, 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 and generations evolve and, and that's what it is. But it's just nice to see that we, there's still somebody there, you know, that's, that's one thing that um, we really cherish, you know, we've, we've got that history still so fresh and the heritage so fresh within our company. Cool. Now, you know, I almost kind of get the feeling and I could be wrong because I haven't necessarily talked to a ton of drum makers yet, but um, just one, I think, to date. Um, but, you know, it almost feels like there's a deeper emotional connection or like even more blood, sweat and tears put into the art of symbol making than there is in the art of shell making or drum making. Um, would you say that's true or that everyone just has their own levels of passion depending on what they're in? I think I think it goes both ways. I think you know, 
if I'm sure if you tried to make a drum, you'd feel very passionate about that drum. I'm sure it would be true. Really <laughs> and you know, you'll you'll you know, you'll be uh, there'll be blood all over the all over the shell at some point. And, <laughs> You know, and you'll feel very passionate about that that drum by the end of it. And um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's it's a different environment. You know, uh, making a symbol, you can be in a very very hot position for a long time around the ovens, and you know you sat there hammering away. And a drum, you know, you can you can bend that shell or you can chop the wood, and it's a different process. But I definitely, you know, I know I know a lot of drum makers and and uh, craftsmen who are just as passionate about their drums as cymbals are. Um, so I don't think it's fair to say. That's true. <laughs> making, making cymbals is, is a lot harder and there's more passion in it. Um, I do, one thing that I do think though, is that um, the, the way that a cymbal is made um, can create a lot of different characteristics, um, more so than I believe a drum. Because you know, there's obviously the the material of the 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 bronze and the B twenty bronze and the different different materials that people use to make symbols obviously does make a difference. But the way in which you hammer that or the way in which you lathe that is very much dependent on how this the symbol sounds. With the likes of a drum, you know, you're really from what I've gathered is you're really at the mercy of the wood. You know, yes, you can create a different bearing edge, and you can you can have a more open drum, a more closed drum. You can add different hardware, but as to what you do to the wood, it's you know we're we're in very much a, a modern society now where we're used to the sound of a drum, as we are a cymbal, but we're used to the sound of a drum, and it and it has to fit in a certain frequency response with with an engineer or. A, or, a, or any particular song. So I think in that respect that a symbol has a little bit more, the craftsman can put a little bit more um, difference in the sound from what they do. Um, uh, more so than what, what a drum maker could do. Obviously drum makers and the way they do them will create a different sound for sure. You know, you can play a Craviotto, you can play a Guru, you can play a Sugar Percussion and they'll all sound different. And that's primarily down to the wood and and the way that the bearing edges is done and the hardware that's on it, but also a touch of the craftsman. So, uh, but I think, I think it flips a bit more. I think, you know, there's probably, you know, 15% of what the craftsman does makes a drum sound different as opposed to a cymbal. If the, it might be, it can be 40% of what the, of what the craftsman does to a cymbal and the raw elements as to how it sounds. So I think in that respect that then, it would it create more passion in that respect, but I I would definitely say that it's a pretty even keel as yeah. to, you know <laughs> taking away someone's passion. But no, I, I probably is a very unfair question because of course there are two different things. But I just you know coming from coming from a player standpoint, like you know well you know there could be a little bit of a similarity, but not to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but actually you bring up a kind of a good point because. Um, I uh, felt like that when you, you're talking about uh, quality and in, in the, in the craftsmanship, um, when you're, you know, the fact that they're all handmade, does this result in each symbol being like even a one one hundredth unique of each other? I mean, is there any consistency? Like, say, if you have a one of your your symbol lines 
do all of the symbols in that line sound the same or is it just because that they were all handcrafted that they all have their own unique characteristics? Uh, they, yeah, I mean, they do. We have a level of consistency and we do have, um, you know, we have specific, let's say we're doing a, a traditional symbol. You know, we know how many lathing marks need to be on it. We know how many hammers need to be on it. We know what type of hammering pattern we're doing. And we know what size the cup bell is, what size the, the edge is going to be and, and the bow of the symbol. So obviously we do have those, those measurements, which, you know, will keep us in a ballpark. Um, but obviously when you, when you throw a hammer down, you're not going to hit every symbol in the exact same point every time. Mm-hmm. So it's, so that's what creates a slight difference in the character. And obviously we do get difference in slight difference in weight of the symbols as well. So a lot of the time you may have seen, um, through many different dealers, whether it's pro drum or, uh, Maxwell, where they'll actually put the gram size on there because that does add a difference. But we'll, so like generally we'll have a, if we do a, a traditional, a traditional ride, we might have a gram size. I'm just pulling numbers out of my head here right now. Sure. <laughs> 1800 grams and 2100 grams. And we know that anywhere in between there, that's what we've got as a traditional ride. Obviously the, it's usually a bit smaller than that, but just to give you an example, that's how we kind of have those. We have these guidelines of where they should be in, in terms of weight, the, the shape of the symbol, you know, and how many hammer marks, how many lathe marks. And, but because of their handmade, those lathe marks might be slightly millimeter difference, you know, apart. So they're going to give a slight different characteristic, not, 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 not 90% difference, but, maybe five to 10% difference in the sound. And, but that's what I like. I mean, I think that's what Mehmet likes and that's what a lot of our customers and, and lovers of our symbols love is the fact that they're just, they're a bit more live when you play them and they, they have their own soul and you can play a few different symbols and they don't sound the same every time you hit them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can get a few different tones out of, out of one crash symbol just because it's handmade. Whereas I've worked in a drum shop many years ago and you know you could hit one particular brand that i that comes to to memory which i won't mention but you could you they could hit that symbol from anywhere in the shop or i could be anywhere myself and i could just know what symbol they just hit oh it's a 16 inch crash Mm -hmm. and that that's great if you if if people really want that consistency and it's just like it's exact every time so like if they need to swap out a symbol that's brilliant and, and I'm not saying that we're so far away from that, um, but I can, if, if someone was to play our symbols, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I, I know the range of our symbols, but they don't sound exactly the same every time. So I could go, yeah, okay, they're, they're hitting a 16-inch traditional, but it'll, it's a little bit more nuanced, and it, it, it just has a, a variance between a couple of symbols and couple of you could put three 16 inch symbols and they'll sound ever so slightly different one might be a little bit warmer one might be a touch darker but i'm, I'm talking i'm talking minute you know different mm-hmm. um not something that you go oh well that sounds like a, a traditional symbol and that one sounds like a turk and they're both traditionals no that doesn't happen you know yeah it's just it's just a very slight overtone and a very slight underlying feel and that's awesome. I think the fact that they sound slightly different gives every drummer a chance to have their own 
quote unquote custom symbol, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of nice. Yeah. And, it, and I feel like the, a drummer, you know, gets off on that. They'll, they'll, they'll listen to it. They'll go into a store and they'll play a bunch and they'll be like, yeah, I really like that one over that one. And it gives them a little bit more customization as to what they want their symbol sound to sound like. Cause we can all be picky brands, sounds, <laughs> sizes, everything. <laughs> sure 100% so um typically like what is kind of the timeline how long does it take to make a symbol <laughs> I guess yeah uh, I mean it, it depends I mean are you talking like a, a new line or are you just talking just all right we want to make a 16 inch crash yeah just more of the manufacturer that not manufacturing but like the, just the hand creation process um from from raw material to finished um product yeah so for uh you know, it's it starts off as just a block of metal, then you know, they, they heat it up, they they lay it out, and then goes into the oven, it comes out, it then has to cool. And and realistically what the way the way that we're dealing with it right now is I mean you could essentially make a symbol in a day if you really if you really want to go for it. And but I think the and, and we do, you know, we make them in it could be a couple of hours if if you want to go for it. Um, but I think the way that we process it now is we do a lot of the blanks first, you know, and then they set them out to dry and they, and they, they bake for a little bit and then, and then they, they pick and choose. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say how exactly how on one symbol basis, but yeah, it can take a, it can take, you know, a few hours, I would say, you know, by the time you've let it cool and you, you some people cool them by just dunking them in cold water and but that's not the way we want to go with it but um it's hard to say i'm not at the factory that often so i can't say i'm sure the guys at the factory oh you know i could do it in <laughs> four hours or five hours but, but yeah it's it's definitely you know you could um i would i would imagine from my experience seeing it's it's a few hours okay that sounds reasonable or like, you know, it sounds like it's a week long process. And cause I think you said, you know, sometimes there's a occasional shortage just because they are handmade, but it's not like you're, you're weeks behind because of that. It's they're, they're made a little bit quicker than that. No, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, so yeah, I kind of wanted to like touch on, uh, assuming that there it's public knowledge that, um, what kind of, uh, or who, who, that, that are some of the drummers we might know that are Istanbul Mehmet artists. Yeah. Um, so we, we have a, a wide range of artists. We have, um, we have Rick Latham who did that great advanced funk studies book. And then we have El Negro Horatio Hernandez. Um, and there's Robbie Amin, you know, we've got Vinnie Peace. It's, there's, there's quite a lot. I mean, our artist roster, um, has a wealth of knowledge and, and a lot of history behind them. So, but one thing that I'm trying to do right now is, is get some more of the younger guys on board. Um, we've got some great up and coming artists um, off the top of my head. Uh, who was I speaking to today? Um, Jaden Bean. Um, he's a great artist playing with a, a, a group called Missio right now, but he's a phenomenal artist who not just plays the electronic style like that with this, particular band he's a phenomenal jazz player he's a great fusion player great pop player everything in between so we have a range of of artists um in the uk we have a, a great artist called matt cowley who's who's primarily a blues um drummer 
he plays with a guy called Big Boy Plotter, and and you would think they were straight out of uh, out of America. You know, their their blues knowledge and their their feel is is fantastic, and Matt's doing great things right now. Um, so we have we have a, a, a whole host of artists. Some of them you may not know, um, but some of them you will, like Robbie and and Rick and Horacio. Um, so yeah, we you know we've we've got a good bunch, and and we love them all dearly. Um, but that's primarily our our top artists, as you as you say. We're always looking for new artists and and people who who love our symbols first and foremost. And that's, that's one of the things that I look for as an artist relations um, is that the person who's coming on board really truly loves the symbols and isn't just in it for, for cheap gear. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and all of the artists that I brought on recently are just huge, huge fans of the symbols first and foremost. Um, Even if they've only played one and they're like, ah, there's just something about this ride. Like Jaden, he, he played a range of symbols um, but he had an old Mehmet, like one of the first Mehmets that came out, wow. the jazz ride. And he was like, I can't get away from this ride. Like, I don't know what it is, but I just can't get away from it. And then, and he only owned the one Mehmet. And, and now he's, he's been a huge proponent of the symbols. And well, he's, he's working on trying a few custom items that he wants made and stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, that's a big thing for us. You know, it's, it's a very much a family oriented business and, <clears throat> and we like to create this family environment and we want people to love what they play. You know, it's, it's not just because, Oh, you've, you've got a huge brand and you're going to give us a lot of symbols. And it's like, no, we we're here because you want to play us, you know, and we want to, and, and likewise, we want to support you in what you do. You know, if we can, if we can promote you and we can push you and we can help you get gigs, even whatever, whatever it may be, that's, that's our passion behind it. Um, but yeah, that's what we look for in our artists and all of our artists, as well, as I say, whether it's Rick Latham, who's been with us so many years now, as has Horacio um, and Robbie, it's, it's, uh, they're all really passionate about the symbols. Awesome. Now, are they, do any of them like, or do you guys make any like artist branded lines or is it just that they use all the ones that you've, you standard make by hand? No, we have many signature lines. Okay. Uh, Okay. So the, our, our, probably is our, our most popular um, signature line is Horacio's, uh, the Horacio El Negro Hernandez signature symbols. Uh, They, they've got like this really cool brushed finish and, you know, he has this quirky green logo and, and, and I, I personally use his ride symbol cause it's, it's my favorite ride symbol that we do. Cool. But his stuff is fantastic. Um, we do have, um, a snowy Shaw ride. Who's a European guy. Um, Eric Smith, who's another European French guy. Who's a great jazz player. Does many different things. We've got his line. It just, um, he has a hat ride and a, like a swish, swish ride as well um so and then we've you know we've got uh, the signature the other signature stuff is um stuff that mr Mehmet has um dedicated to some of his his um his mentors um so we have like a kirk or i'm, I'm probably going to say this wrong <laughs> again i can't it's, it's a hard it's okay <laughs> it's a kirk or k ride 
Um, and we've just actually expanded that to Hudson Crash. And this was all based around um, Mr. Mehmet's main mentor um, who helped him back in the day craft um, you know, his knowledge and his, and his trade. Um, so, and we also have um, one of our biggest um, signature lines, which is a bit different, is our Tony Williams tribute symbols. So they're not essentially a signature line, although they are, they're primarily a tribute symbol. Um, uh, Tony's wife, Colleen, came to us uh, many years ago and, and wanted to have a signature line for Tony. And while Tony played primarily Zildjian's, again, Colleen knew who made Tony's symbols back in the day, and it was Mehmet. You know, she, she sourced who made, made the symbols that, that Tony was playing, and, and it was a complete honour for, for Mr. Mehmet to, to make those. He's, he's, you know, he's met Tony on a bunch of occasions and has become friends and, um, when he was still alive, and it was... And he just, he just want, he just, he was just so thankful that Colleen had come to him and, and asked him to to produce these symbols, and that's kind of right now. I think that's Mr. Mehmet's, you know, flagship. That that's what he he loves the most, and that's what you know. We definitely sell a lot of them, and and they did start out as a as a limited edition set. We did have we started off with a, a hundred limited edition set, which came with. Um, it came with a few goodies. I had a nice leather bag and and a and a certificate and a lot of pictures of t- from Tony and and Colleen. Um, and then it just became so popular, and and Colleen wanted to to continue, and and I think we did too. So we were we decided to continue them as separate items this last year, um, and this past year. And it's and it's just they they they're wonderful symbols. They're very very much. The, the the how close they are to Tony symbols is staggering, if you ask me. And it's um, apart from minus the cracks that Tony symbols had. <laughs> you know, as we all know, he was a he was a big proponent of uh, playing his crack symbols. Um, but it's there's 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 again there's some more awesome in, info online, and and you can see pictures of Tony's original symbols um, that we got to to use to to mould. Um, our version of them, you know, and to listen back to them, so Mr. Memo could play the symbols that he'd made originally, and and hear, okay, this is how it sounds now, and this is what people are used to from those Miles Davis records. And so, so yeah, that's 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 another huge uh, signature symbol, if you like, or a tribute symbol, should we say, um, that we do. That's a really awesome story. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool one, and, and it's kind of I, as I say, I'm I'm barely brushing upon the the details of this. Um, I know I, I know I waffle on quite a bit, but uh, there's there's far more details if you go online and check it out. There's there's some great stories um, of the whole process. No, you, you covered it great in, in the perfect detail, you know, for what we're doing here. And uh, yeah, if you want to check it out online, definitely. So, as, you know, as a good segue into that, I, I wanted to, our last question, I uh, just kind of wanted to see if you could share the website and some of your maybe social media platforms so people could check uh, out more about symbols. The website is uh, istanbulmemet.com and all of our social media is at istanbulmemet. Nice. <laughs> 
That's yeah, easy enough to remember. And we'll also put some links into the, on the show notes for those too. So people can check them out. So, well, yeah, thank you for joining me today. This has been great. Well, thank you for having me. I hope I haven't uh, waffled on too much and, and given you uh, Eric, but uh, <laughs> thank you for having me. Nope. You did perfect. So, well, thank you. Thanks a lot, Matt. Thank you for listening to Behind the Backline, brought to you by Octave Media, an inbound marketing agency focused on helping music merchants develop an automated solution to increase website sales. You can find Octave Media at www.octave.media. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or Google Play Music to learn more about great products and companies in the musical instrument, pro audio, and event technology space, and be sure to leave a review to let us know what you thought of this episode. We encourage you to share us with your friends and colleagues via social media, and we'll see you next time. Take care.